Are you ready? Hey, you think you can tell us what to do? You think you can tell us what to wear? You think that you're better? Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! And DFS DJ Nation. It is Christmas weekend. Wrong podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I caught myself as I did it. I normally try to think about it before I do it. But, anyways, we are on to week 16, which means we have a full weekend of DFS upon us because we have the three game slate on Saturday, or two game slate, excuse me. And then we have the nine game main slate on Sunday. And then we get the beautiful game slate on Monday, so we losing a lot of money this weekend. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, t- so today Maddie is on. He is out of town, so he is on his phone. So if his audio isn't quite as good as it normally is, uh, it's not a big deal. So that being said, let's just get right into it, Maddie. So we got a, kind of an interesting slate this week. We had the one game up top, the Dallas Miami game. That really profiles as probably the best game on the slate, but I think there's a lot of other really interesting ways you can go to get a little bit different off that game because that's going to be the game that I think a lot of people are going to want to target. I mean, but it's kind of weird because with pricing this week, like a running back, the most expensive running back we have this week is $7,400. Uh, so that is uh, kind of interesting. That's not something we typically see uh, without Christian McCaffrey and some other guys on this slate. But at, at the quarterback position, uh, what are you looking to do this week? Yeah, so there's one guy that I I just want to go absolutely all in on, and that's Justin Fields at home against Arizona. This is one of the few games all year where the where the Bears have actually been favored. And I know he's priced up. He's 7.1K. He's the third highest priced QB on the slate. But we we have finally, you know, gotten back to vintage Justin Fields. He's running the ball a ton. He had double-digit carries in three of his last four. Um, and last week when he didn't run as much, he threw the ball 40 times uh, in, a, in a tough matchup against Cleveland. But if you watch that, if you watch the tape from the Cleveland game, there were there were some opportunities there for Fields to have a monster day. He, he, he had some receivers drop some wide open passes and, you know, Mooney could have lucked into a touchdown there on the Hail Mary. So uh, Fields could have had a really big day. I think his blow up game is, is coming uh, and I definitely don't want to miss it. He's one of the few QBs on the slate that can get you 40. Uh, so I really like Fields here, um, and that again gets you, like you said, off of that da- Dallas Miami game, which should be pretty popular. Outside of Fields, though, if if I was paying down, uh, I would definitely target that Tampa Bay Jacksonville game. Baker has turned a corner this year uh, and has actually flashed somewhat of a ceiling, and he's only six K against a uh, very good matchup uh, for the from the Jacksonville Jaguars pass D. Uh, the Jags' run D has actually been solid this year, but you can throw all over them. So, and we've seen teams, you know, doing it over the last couple of weeks, including Joe Flacco. So, uh, I really like Jacksonville and Tampa Bay. There's a lot of pieces to like from that game on both sides. Uh, both um, both passing attacks profile really well. I, I'm expecting Trevor Lawrence to play. 
he's priced a little bit more than than Baker. And if I was going to play Lawrence, I'd probably just find the 500 to, to play Justin Fields. Um, but th- that doesn't mean I, I don't like uh, pieces from that game uh, or from the Jack side, because uh, there are some cheap pieces that that we can play there uh, with Zay Jones unlikely to play and Christian Kirk already ruled out. So that funnels a lot more targets into to Evan Ingram and Ridley should continue to see a big role though. I will say, I'm, I'm curious how popular Ridley gets because earlier this year when Zay Jones missed games, that's when Ridley had his down games. Uh, and that's because Zay Jones kind of runs a lot of go routes and takes, uh, takes away safety, safety help. Uh, and Ridley can get more one-on-one coverage. So I'm interested to see what they do with Ridley this week. So if Ridley's actually going to be really popular, I actually don't mind just going to like Agnew and Ingram on that side and, and, you know, kind of staying away from Ridley. Because uh, there definitely is a concern if Zay Jones is out that Ridley just plays the the run the deep routes role and take away the safeties and let everybody else work underneath. So, um, but on all, I like that game. Uh, again, I like Justin Fields and obviously uh, Dallas Miami. That's that's pretty much where I'm going to live from a passing passing stack. And I mean, those are pretty much we don't have many high totals, but those are pretty much the highest total games of the week. I mean, you could talk about. Colts and Falcons, but I mean, good luck projecting those offenses. I mean, if we finally think Bijan Robinson's going to get uh, touches, or or Drake London's going to break out, and then you know it, they combined for like what nine opportunities last week. And I know it was a downpour game, but still, it's not really you know those those offenses are, are kind of tough to project, especially if the Colts are going to be without uh, Pittman as well, and they could be getting JT back. So. Um, I guess the other game that's somewhat interesting would be uh, Lions at Vikings. But, you know, we kind of mentioned this, you know, a couple of slates ago that the Vikings defense has actually been pretty good uh, this year. And this is Detroit on the road. So I'm especially after the Lions exploded last week, I'm going to assume they're going to be really, really popular uh, here. It's a 47 and a half total. Uh, Lions are favored in like a three point three and a half point spread. So uh, I definitely expect them to, to be popular, but. Yeah, it's. It, I think it's Justin Fields or bust for me this week. I love Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is a really good play. Um, a couple of notes uh, of things that, one, we, we pretty much know C.J. Stroud's not going to play. He hasn't practiced at all this week, uh, still coming up with a concussion, which is kind of a concern considering, you know, typically what we've seen this year is most players miss that first week and then they're ready to go the second week, and he's still not even close to ready. I mean, he hasn't even gotten into limited practice yet, so that is a big concern there for him. But also, Trevor Lawrence looks highly highly unlikely that he's going to play either in this game. Uh, he has not practiced uh, either of today or yesterday. And for the most part, you really want to see them practice either Wednesday or at least Thursday at a limited practice because you have to get a limited and then you have to get a full in. And so at this point, it's it's going to be really tough for him to be able to play, uh, for him to progress to that point. So I, it's looking like it's probably going to be C.J. Beathard here in, at, at quarterback in that game. And that, that's what worries me about playing someone like Calvin Ridley uh, I'm not saying he can't get there. I mean, C.J. Beathard has, like, I think he's, like, a functional backup quarterback. Like, he's not, like, a, tre- a complete trash can. But all at the same time, like, I like it's like it, it makes me like this game less if you're not going to have Trevor Lawrence. Uh, because I don't know if, like, is is the Bucks going to be pushed to a point where they have to throw the ball that much, right? With that, without Trevor Lawrence. I mean, so... That's the only thing that worries me with that game, and so I do with that. Um, also, you mentioned Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman has already been fully cleared, uh, so he's he's 100% cleared. He's ready to go. He's, he's going to be playing this weekend, no doubt, which is shocking to me 
with that hit. I mean, that was a brutal hit he took in that game. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. there would be no shot that he plays for like weeks. That hit was disgusting. Yeah, he's already been cleared, so he got out of full practice today. It shows you how busy I've been this week, and, and my lack of keeping up with injury reports. I, I didn't know Lawrence was uh, that 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 likely to be doubtful, and I didn't know I had no clue Pittman was uh, that likely to play. So those that's definitely two huge notes there. Yeah, so those guys do not look. And then on the another one would be Nico Collins. He actually got back today. He's being practiced today as well, so that is a positive for that offense. But uh, you know, I don't know how much excitement you're going to be with Case Keenum, though. Case Keenum, he was okay. I mean, he threw for you know what, uh, 229 yards and a touchdown last week against the Titans. It's kind of a gross game, but you know, um, I, I think overall, like if you're not wanting to play, you know, the high price quarterback, I, I think where really where you could look is Nick Mullins because he's 5,300 dollars, and Detroit's pass defense, especially. Uh, that giving up the deep ball is something they've really struggled with. Nick Mullins, uh, you know, in his, in his first start last week, uh, completed, I mean, he was completed 78%, almost 79% of his passes, 303 yards, two scores. Uh, last week, he also carried the ball six times in that game, only for 10 yards, but still, uh, that was a positive to see. But so he is somebody that can get there. You know, he's shown a little bit of a ceiling there. And when you have Justin Jefferson and TJ Hawkinson and Jordan Addison, uh, here with uh, in that offense, I mean, it 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 makes it, it makes him a lot more insulated from failure, and and so uh, I think Nick Mullins at fifty three hundred dollars uh, is a direction you could look. This is like you already mentioned that total is really good. I think this game has has some serious shootout potential. Uh, the Vikings are still fighting for a playoff spot here, uh, so it's kind of a must win for them. But then you also have Detroit on the other side, who has kind of like a really outside shot, I think, at, at winning the, the number one overall seed, but. That's probably not likely, but regardless, you know, they're still wanting to position themselves, you know, to get as high of a seed as they can, because if that happens, then, you know, obviously they, they can, you know, be at least a two seed and at least get a couple of home games uh, here, depending on how this plays out. So uh, I, I definitely think that, you know, that game has a lot of implications. Now it is a divisional game, so that always worries you. But uh, I do think Nick Mullins, if you're wanting to pay down, there's going to be a lot of excitement for Joe Flacco because he just continues to do it. Uh, it would look like he was not going to have a good game last week. Uh, really through the first three quarters, he looked like uh, Joe Flacco, who we expected him to be. And then, you know, Flacco magic all of a sudden came uh, came about after turning the ball over four times and threw for 374 yards and two scores for 22.86 DK points. He has now racked up over 20 DK points in uh, back-to-back weeks. He's still only 5,500 against Houston. Um, but the Houston pass defense is a lot better than I think people give it credit for. And so I don't, I'm not really all that excited to play Joe Flacco. Maybe I'd rather play like a David and Joku or Amari Cooper, but uh, I think he is somebody that's going to gain some steam this week. Uh, but other than that, like, I think really where I want to focus is that Detroit Minnesota game and then either uh, as well as the Chicago, Arizona, and then Dallas and Miami. And I think those are the three games that I think carry the most excitement. Uh, I don't, I don't even, I mean, I don't hate it. Like if you wanted to go Kyler Murray to get a little bit different, cause I don't think he's going to carry any ownership whatsoever from that same game. Uh, I think you could do that as well. I like this game a little more if it was in Arizona, but it's in Chicago. So, but other than that, like nothing else really stands out to me. I have to remember it's only a nine-game slate, so it is a little bit smaller than what we typically see, especially this time of the year. But with all the other games, it's kind of like limits uh, this game. So there's not a ton of other games that I'm really excited about. Like I'm not excited about Washington and the Jets. Uh, I think the Colts and the Falcons could be a spot, but I think that's more of a mini stack uh, for me. Not really a spot that I really want to go look to game stack. Uh, all that much. I think, you know, if you want to go with a, you know, something like a, a, a Pittman, 
and uh, Kyle Pitts or something like that or whatever, or London, I think you could do that. Uh, but that's kind of a, or a one-off spots there. I think that's the way I would look to target it. Uh, but other than that, I, there's not a lot of, of other quarterbacks that I really have a lot of excitement for. But I did want to ask you, since we're talking about this Miami game, you know, we kind of glazed over it, but what quarterback would you prefer to play? Uh, they're pretty much identical. Uh, Dak Prescott's 7,900, Tua 7,800. Which one would you want to play? Or who uh, would you Dak, prioritize? Dak, 100%. So you're not, the, you're not, you're not concerned with the, the road Dak narrative? No, it's – for me, it, if Dallas is going to score, they've shown this year that it's going to be through the air, whereas Miami continues to just set the world on fire with rushing touchdowns. Uh, like the, the Dolphins are like the Rams, right? Like the, when they get in close, they just run the ball over and over and over again. And, and that's why, you know, I mean, and they're good at it. Like that, that's, that's why, you know, most are leading the NFL with touchdowns. Um, and it's, you know, they have a Chan also and, and Tyreek, you know, even if Tyreek plays, I'm just not, I know he would, he's going for that 2k record. I just worry about his inability to cut left and right, which they said was his issue last week. Um, and so if he's in there from a straight line speed perspective, I mean, obviously that helps Waddle underneath. I'd rather I'd, I would just play Waddle as the one off or one of the running backs um, or, or just like game stack it without Tyreek, um, you know, like play like Dak with you could even stack Dak with Pollard because Pollard's Pollard's looking better. And he's obviously he got a pass game role as well. But you can play Dak, Lamb, Pollard, Ferguson, Cooks, and then run it back with Waller, uh, with Waddle, and and one of the one of the Miami running backs as well. If like I think if you're going to stack that game, everybody's priced up so high that you just you just go all in on it because with how priced priced up everybody is, you need like a a thirty eight thirty five type of game for that that game to really pay off on from a salary perspective. Whereas a lot of these other guys that we're talking about are much cheaper or have a ton of rushing upside. Um, and can get there without points being put up on the board. So, um, yeah, I, I would definitely go with the Dak side if, if picking one of the two. All right, let's go ahead and move over to the wide receiver – or wide receiver, skipping running backs. Uh, let's go ahead and move over to the running backs. I think there's a lot left to talk about when it comes to the wide – or when it comes to quarterbacks. And let's uh, move on here. Like I said, I mean, you have the highest-priced running back at $7,400, which is just going to create, like, a I think an, an interesting dichotomy here with how this is going to play out because – Typically, you know, you see, you know, you have Chris McCaffrey, you know, at the 9K range, and you have some 8K running backs and even some high 7K running back. I mean, the, the most expensive is Rashad White at $7,400. You have Mostert at 73, Jonathan Taylor at 72, and Devon Achan and Gibbs at 71 and 7K. And then the 6K range, you have Monty, uh, Derek Henry Pollard, ETN, Zach Moss, Aaron Jones, B. John Robinson, Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, and Brian Robinson. Uh, looks to possibly be returning this week after he got a limited practice in uh, today as well. So um, I, I think when you look at this situation here, uh, I think when you look at some of these options, I think one that stands out to you, uh, or at least should in, in the, the middle range, is going to be Ty Chandler because Alexander Madison is likely not going to play. He missed practice again today, but and Ty Chandler is $5,600. But what are you looking to do here with this position? Especially, I mean, most of the year it's been, hey, let's pay, let's pay down at running back. We don't need to pay up. But there's not really like a real pay up option. Yeah, but even though there's not really a pay up option, there's also nobody that's going to score thirty plus. Uh, I don't think on this slate. It's like Rashad White's probably the guy that gets closest, and he's seventy four. But I mean, even then, like his ceiling games are like twenty five. So it's, 
I I just have a tough time paying 74 if I'm going to get 24 points from a guy when I can pay 5,600 for Ty Chandler and get, you know, 18. Um, you know, I, I really like the your call of Ty Chandler. Um, I'm going to live, that's the range I'm going to live in is Ty Chandler and uh, right $100 above him is Chuba Hubbard uh, against Green Bay. That's one of the the best rushing matchups we have on the on the on the board is is against Green Bay. So um, Chuba has taken over as the every every down back there. He's getting you know twenty five to thirty opportunities every single game uh, over the last month, and I don't see that stopping now. So um, I really like Chuba at fifty seven hundred a lot, and then uh, Brees Hall is another one at sixty one hundred uh, against the Jets, or I'm sorry, against Washington. Uh, he plays on the Jets. Um, Brees has, even in games, like, even if you were to project the, the, the Jets to be playing from in front, Brees Hall is getting eight to 10 targets a game in, in games that they're winning by, by multiple scores. Like he is just such a heavy part of that offense right now, even from a pass game perspective that you, you don't even need him to score touchdowns and he hasn't been scoring touchdowns. Um, but he still definitely has a ceiling when he does get in the end zone. I mean, he scored in week 14 and got you 27 DK points. And he also had eight catches for 86 yards. And that was a game that they won 30 to six. So he had nine targets in a game they won 30 to six. I guess that's, that I should tell you that his receiving role is locked in. Uh, 6,100 at home against Washington. Sign me up for, for Brees Hall on that. And I, that's probably the highest I'll go, honestly. Like, yes, I, I like Bijan this week. And he's definitely got a ceiling. But I mean, you look at Bijan's game logs throughout the year and how many times have we said, you know, this is a good spot for Bijan. This is a good spot for Bijan. You know, if only Bijan gets the carries, this is a good spot for Bijan. And then he just doesn't get the work or it doesn't work out. Like his really good games have been like 19 or 20. And yeah, he flashed a 27 in there. But I mean, most of his game logs, if you look throughout the year, are like 10 points, 12 points, 13 points. I'm not paying 6.3K for a guy that I'm just praying gets me 20. And, and calling that a good game. Like, I, if I'm paying that, I need to be pretty confident that that's what he's going to get me. And I just have more confidence that Brees Hall can get me there uh, this week than, than Bijan can. But that's not to say he is a bad play, because um, de- I definitely think he is in play. Um, but I, I, I just won't be going there myself. And then, obviously, I mentioned Tony Pollard. Pollard's a great way to get exposure to that game, uh, highest total game of the week. If you're not playing Dak, uh, you know, Pollard has finally looked explosive again. He's forcing a ton of missed tackles. It's always going to have pass game usage. Uh, he's going to be their goal line back as well. You know, the role is, is as good as it gets, 6,700 against Miami. The matchup's not great, but uh, that's not to say he can't score on, on one of the best offenses in the NFL. So um, if you think that game goes back and forth, uh, it's a good way to, to get some – try to get some touchdown equity in that game. Yeah, I think though. So with with Bijan, what what makes him interesting is just because he's sixty three hundred dollars. And if you look at some of the, I mean, you had last week, which was the super weird, you know, where he only had seven carries and three targets and uh, scored one point four, it fumbled. I mean, Arthur Smith, as we know, is is a moron. Like this isn't to me a Bijan Robinson problem; it's an Arthur Smith problem. But because I mean, we've seen some some solid performances from Bijan Robinson. He had 27 a few weeks ago against New Orleans uh, where he actually, you know, they actually gave him 16 carries. He had 91 yards and a score on that one. He was targeted six times, 32 yards on that as well, plus a receiving touchdown. So at $6,300, like he could get there for sure. Um, And it could be kind of one of the keys to the slate, but I also understand there's also the flip side of that where Arthur Smith does Arthur Smith things and doesn't play him. 
and or you know you get down to the red zone and all of a sudden Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson are coming in and taking away opportunities there as well. So he is a super volatile player, but he can pay off at sixty three hundred dollars. Like it's not a bad price tag for somebody like Bijan Robinson. Um, so I do think that he is in play. In terms of some of the other options, uh, one good news: Jonathan Taylor got any full practice today, so he is going to be back. Zach Moss doesn't look like he's going to play, and so that is a positive there for him because he hasn't practiced yet this week. And so, I mean, this very well could be the Jonathan Taylor show uh, here uh, in this spot. And people should really not be shying away from this matchup because the Falcons have started to struggle recently against the run. Over the last four games, they've allowed the 10th most rushing yards per game as well as the 10th highest explosive run rate. Obviously, that, that profiles very well for Jonathan Taylor, who is a super explosive runner. And uh, so I do think if you're going to pay up, I think Jonathan Taylor, I mean, we know Jonathan Taylor could score 40. Like he has that in his, in his bag. And he might be one of the only few uh, who actually have that this week that you could say that about. And especially if they're not going to have Zach Moss. I mean, are we worried about, you know, really worried about Trey Sermon and, you know, and stuff like that really coming in and taking a bunch of touches away? I mean, the, the, the Colts themselves are in, in this uh, playoff battle as well. But Jonathan Taylor could end up, you know, kind of being that guy. And again, against Atlanta this week. And so $7,200, Jonathan Taylor, I really do like that. I like this spot a lot better for Jameer Gibbs than I do David Montgomery. The fa- the Vikings have been one of the best, better run defenses in the league this year. They've done a really good job uh, limiting opposing running backs. But uh, if this is going to be a back-and-forth game, then I think that's where uh, Jameer Gibbs comes in because uh, he is a super you know super efficient runner, but also is the, the main uh, guy in the passing game as well. I mean, somebody that can see six, seven, eight targets. So if you want to go there with Jameer Gibbs, he's 7K. I do like that uh, as another option. I think Kenneth Walker is a sneaky play as well, $6,200, coming off one of his better games of the season uh, in this matchup against the Titans. And, uh, you know, last week he rushed 19 times, 86 yards, but he handled 79% of the rush attempts. Uh, it was a little frustrating because he only played, handled 37% of the routes, but still uh, the Titans have been pretty middle of the road against the run. They're not – uh, they're 14th. They've allowed the 14th most rushing yards with the 14th highest stuff rate uh, over their last six games. And so I do think uh, that that somebody like Kenneth Walker, who this is probably the perfect game script for him because they're you're not really all that concerned with the Titans being you know coming up and getting some big lead away from them. And so Kenneth Walker, I definitely think is in play at his price at $6,200. Uh, you, you can look there as well. I completely agree with you, with Chuba Hubbard. Uh, with, with him, he is in a very good spot uh, this week. Uh, if you look at him, um, I mean, over the last two games, he's handling 75% of the snaps, 64% of the rush attempts, 64% of the routes, and 10% target share. I mean, he's turning into a full-on bell cow right now, and you get a terrific matchup against the Packers, who the Packers have allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game, the sixth highest explosive run rate, and their seventh lowest in stuff rate, and the ninth highest yards after contact per attempt. So this is a really good spot for Chuba Hubbard, especially at his price. He's only still only $5,700. He could be good leverage because I do think Ty Chandler coming off that 25-point performance last week uh, could gain some steam. And if he does, then I think Chuba Hubbard could really be really solid leverage and arguably a better matchup because the Lions have still been pretty good. They are 10th fewest rushing yards per game, but they've allowed the 12th most rushing touchdowns uh, to, to running back. So it's kind of uh, – they limit that, but then once you get down to the goal line, you can't score. So – uh, with him, I also think Devin Singletary is kind of an interesting target this week. We saw him last week go back to kind of being the workhorse uh, last week. 
where he handled 75% of the snaps, 81% of the rush attempts with a 15% target share. Uh, so, you know, if, if he can get this again, he is volatile. We've kind of seen this before where all of a sudden they'll switch back to Damian Pierce a little bit. But, I mean, he scored 21 DraftKings points last week. And so Devin Singletary, I think, at $5,500 is in play as well. A uh, little, little bit more volatile. And then if Deonta Foreman doesn't play, uh, he, did, he didn't practice today. Now, they said it's a personal reason. I don't know what that is. So he could be back in full practicing tomorrow. But if he weren't, wasn't, he didn't play, Roshan Johnson at $4,800 becomes squarely in play. Um, we kind of saw this before when, once he left where we saw all of a sudden Roshan Johnson handling a, you know, a pretty solid workload. Roshan has actually played uh, pretty well uh, you know, recently, uh, being more efficient. Last week on just the five carries, he had 36 yards. He was also targeted six times for 24 yards. But in that game that we saw him uh, a few weeks ago, Against Minnesota, uh, I, I believe it was, where he had 10 for 35. He also was targeted five times for 40 yards. He played 70-plus percent of the snaps. So I definitely think that Roshan, if if Deonta Foreman were to miss, I think he becomes, I think, a very interesting target of somebody you could look to target here in that backfield as well. So other than that, I think we've kind of talked about the guys. I think Tony Pollard is always in play just because of the high, high workload he sees. Aaron Jones, you might be able to make a case for. But the Panthers' run defense has actually been much better. Uh, I'm not going to allow uh, the – you're going to hear people talk this week about, oh, man, the Panthers' run defense has been so bad. They haven't. Uh, as of recently, they've allowed the sixth fewest rushing yards, left with lowest explosive run rate, the eighth highest stuff rate uh, over the last six games. So this Panthers' defense has really started to clamp down on, on opposing running backs. Now, I will say if A.J. Dillon were to miss, though he did practice today, if he didn't play – uh, we saw Aaron Jones handle 76% of the rush attempts and 11% target share last week. So you could look there, but I just think that's a little bit too thin, in my opinion, uh, to get to Aaron Jones, who's still only playing 50% of the snap, but he's $6,400. But that being said, uh, do you have any other running backs for right here? Do you want to jump over to wide receivers? This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm going to jump over. All right. So here's where the situation always comes. And it's, do we pay the monster prices or do we try to live in the middle? And so Tyree kill is $9,600. It should be mentioned that he got in a limited practice today. I fully expect him to play uh, 100%. Then you have CD at 92. And then you have a pretty significant drop off down to Amon Ross St. Brown at $8,200. Justin Jefferson is still only $8,100. Then you have uh, Jalen Waddle. Mike Evans, Michael Pittman uh, in the 7K range. And then the 6K, you have DJ Moore, Nico Collins, DK Metcalf, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Chris Godwin, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Jordan Addison kind of wrap up the 6K and above. 
So what is it that you're looking to do this week? Are you looking to pay up at all, or are you are you, do you feel better about the 5K range? Because I know last week that kind of 5K range felt pretty gross. Well, last week we locked in on the Packers value, um, you know, with Jaden Reed and, and guys like that, and that ended up, ended up paying off really well. And I, I think the Packers situation from last week is mirrored this week by, by Jacksonville, uh, you know, with, with Zay Jones likely to be out. Uh, Christian Kirk obvi- obviously already ruled out. Um, you know, we get Jamal Agnew, who you were all over in showdown last week, and, and nobody played him, and he caught a, caught a bomb for a TD. He's going to – I would assume Agnew plays the slot, and they, they push Parker Washington outside. Um, who, I mean, who else is, is on, that, on that depth chart? Uh, that can play outside receiver uh, for um, for Jacksonville. Let's see. They've got, um, obviously, Ridley, uh, Zay Jones, who we're saying is going to be out, Parker Washington, Agnew. I guess um, the other option would be Tim Jones. I mean, I guess he plays some outside. I mean, I just think Agnew is going to get a pretty big role here. Uh, I think it's going to be the Agnew and, and Evan Ingram show over the middle. And, and Tampa Bay has shown that they can't stop anybody. So, um, you know, I just – I really like the Jacksonville cheat pieces. Uh, so I'm going to focus on getting them in and then building around them, uh, which will also allow you to fit in more studs. Uh, and so for the studs, Amon Ross St. Brown is 8,200. Uh, that just feels too cheap for him, a guy that should probably be close to 9K uh, in, a, in a good spot, you know, against a Minnesota pass defense that has been – uh, susceptible to uh, receivers this year. And it is a division game. It is on the road, but it's, you know, Amon Ra is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. So I just think he's underpriced. And, and like you said, at the, at the QB position, that game's got a 47 and a half total and should be one of the better, better total games of the week when it's all said and done. So I really like Amon Ra for the same reason. I like the, the Jags game. Uh, I like Mike Evans on the other side. Even if the Bucks were to win that game without Tampa, without Jacksonville scoring, Tampa Bay is still going to roll through Mike Evans uh, in that game. So Evans is is a good bet to go for over over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, I really like him a lot. DJ Moore, if I'm playing Justin Fields, I'm just playing DJ Moore with him at this point. Um, those two have a, a really, really big connection. And DJ Moore has, has flashed a monster ceiling uh, pretty much the entire season. So, uh, 6,900 is, I think it's still too cheap for DJ Moore. I think DJ Moore should be priced 7.5 K or higher. Um, Metcalf has flashed a ceiling once or twice, but he's, he's kind of similar to Bijan, right? Like he's been getting you 12 to 15 points most weeks. And then he flashes a, a big game here or there. Um, but I mean, outside of his 40 point game, he has only two games of 20 points and then everything else is in the teens, but it is a good spot. 6,700 against Tennessee. Uh, you definitely have to have interest, but I definitely think there's also other places you can go. Um, not crossing him off the list, though. Um, Garrett Wilson has been Mr. Consistent the entire year, despite uh, there being terrible quarterback play. Um, so even, you know, even though there's been bad QBs, Wilson continues to put up double-digit points on a weekly basis. He sees double-digit targets every week and now gets a home matchup against Washington. If you're not playing Brees Hall, I really like playing Garrett Wilson here. Uh, as those are the only two guys that, that touch the ball on that offense. And if and when they do score, because Washington gives up 30-plus points a game, so I do think there are some touchdowns to go around there. Uh, it should be one of those two guys. Uh, I mentioned when talking about Dak that you absolutely can play Brandon Cooks. He's under 5K again uh, for the first time in, in three weeks. Uh, and we've seen him you know, consistently score in the 15-point range, which at 4,900 definitely is not going to kill you. 
That's what Jaden Reed got you last week, and Jaden Reed was on winning winning teams. Um, so you definitely need value plays somewhere. Cooks at 4,900 makes a ton of sense. Uh, JSN has finally broken out. But, I mean, even breaking out for him is, you know, scoring 14 points, like four for 48 and a touchdown. That's one of the highest scoring games he's had from a fantasy point perspective uh, this year was last week. So JSN obviously in a good spot against Tennessee, uh, but he's definitely not a lock, but is definitely a good value as well. Down the list, I, I, it's pretty much as cheap as I'm going to go outside of uh, Jamal Agnew, which Agnew is $3,400. Uh, I really, really like uh, Jamal Agnew this week. That is, I just think that's as close to a free square on this slate as we can get. Yeah, it just worries me. Like I said, without without having um, without having Trevor Lawrence out there, it kind of worries me. Because then you also have Parker Washington's only four hundred dollars more uh, if you wanted to pay down uh, there. So I think for me, I, I totally agree with you with Amon Ross St. Brown, him being in a really good spot. He's a 27% target share this year against uh, against man coverage, or excuse me, against zone coverage. And the Vikings play the uh, top, their top 10 and uh, zone coverage rate this year. And so that I think that's good for him. On the other side, Justin Jefferson, we, we have a little bit different here, but the uh, Lions play the 12th highest uh or 12th highest in terms of man. And Justin Jefferson sees a nearly 40% target share against man coverage this year. Uh, so I, I do think that, uh, you know, Justin Jefferson, especially somebody who's $8,100. I mean, we're talking about a player, if he doesn't get hurt uh, early in this year, I mean, this was a player that was uh, $95, $96, $9,700. $8,100 Justin Jefferson is incredibly too cheap. And so... I just think with that situation, I mean, $8,100, he could smash this slate and be the guy that, that you wish that you had. And like I've already talked about with Detroit, they have really struggled stopping the deep ball this year. They have really, uh, they have given up uh, their top 10 and the most, I, I, and I think over their last, it's over their last six games, they've allowed the most explosive plays uh, on, on the season or over the last six games. And so I just think Justin Jefferson is just too good of a spot. It, it's way too cheap. He is significantly cheaper than Tyree Kill. He has the same ceiling as Tyree Kill. He has the same ceiling as C.D. Lamb. Is uh, is J. Jeff Amon Ra the best mini stack on the slate? I think it might be. I I, I think it really is. Uh, I I just think I just think both of these guys profile profile really well in this game, and so uh, I have no problem going there. I definitely have no problems continually going back to D.J. Moore. He didn't quite, you know, he didn't really get there last week, but he was still targeted eight times. Uh, he has been uh, fantastic with with Justin Fields. Uh, he broke kind of the streak of three straight games, twenty plus DK points. Uh, but DJ Moore still at sixty nine hundred dollars, still too cheap for the role he has and the target share that he sees. Uh, Michael Pittman uh, has continually it just gets disrespected every week. There's no reason he should be seventy four hundred dollars in my mind. He should be more expensive than that. Uh, he is not just one of the safest wide receivers. I think he you can make the case he's kind of right there a little bit with Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, and he should be right in the same probably right around the same same area as him. Uh, they put up similar numbers this year. Uh, but, uh, you know, he was well on his way last week, four for 78 in the first half, and before he just got uh, his head taken off in that game, uh, he would have had another monster game. So Michael Pittman at $7,400. I, I, I don't mind him whatsoever. Uh, Amari Cooper is starting to play a lot better as well uh, the last two weeks. But last week he scored a touchdown, 23.9 uh, DK points. Now you do have the narrative that Amari Cooper plays much worse uh, on the road that he does at home, but uh, he's still only $6,400, so I, I don't mind him whatsoever. Uh, Jaden Reed. So this Packers situation is one we're going to have to monitor. 
So Jaden Reed didn't practice today either, nor did Christian Watson. So if neither one of those guys were to play, Dontavian Wicks becomes a super interesting $4,300 play. Last week, he's targeted seven times, 97 yards last week, or 15.7. He was 4K last week. But he, this is a player that, that Jordan Love has routinely looked for this year. This is the first time we've seen some pretty solid performances out of Dontavian Wicks. And if you're talking about they're going to miss Christian Watson and they're going to be missing uh, Jaden Reed possibly in this one, then Dontavian Wicks, uh, I think, could see you know 10-plus targets here in this game. Romeo Dobbs might be, I think he becomes a little bit more interesting too at $5,300. But I think if you're looking for a pay down option at wide receiver, I think I think it, you could be looking in the screen Bay situation because of all the injuries they're dealing with at that position. Now, obviously, we still have one more day left with Jane Reed. Maybe he gets practicing uh, because he's been dealing with a lot of injuries, but he suffered that toe injury late in the game last week. And then he hasn't yet to practice so far this week. So we'll have to monitor that situation. And then... Uh, the other one that you could look at, and maybe this is a little bit thin. Maybe I'm keep, I'm, maybe I want to keep chasing this, but uh, Michael Wilson, uh, $3,700. Uh, Marquise Brown looks like he's going to miss. Uh, he was, he did not practice again today, so we'll have to uh, check on that situation. But if he doesn't play as another kind of like run back option, obviously Trey McBride would be the guy that you're always going to want to target. But if you're wanting to run like a Kyler Murray stack, uh, I think you could do that with Trey McBride and then as well as Michael Wilson because. Right now, I mean, it's kind of Greg Dorch as an option. You have Rondell Moore. But Michael Wilson profiles as the outside wide receiver here. And uh, $3,700, I think you could look there. I mean, I, he was only targeted three times. He had a, a red zone or an end zone target as well. Didn't really connect uh, there in that game. But we've seen some, some spike weeks from him in the past. He is somebody that has been reliable uh, or at least a decent source of fantasy production. Or uh, So... I do think Michael Wilson could be another spot you look at if you're wanting to get, you know, kind of really cheap here at the wide receiver position uh, as well. But um, I, I think other than that, like there's not a ton uh, down here that really stands out to me outside of that. Um, you know, Brandon Cooks, $4,900. I think uh, he was, I mean, Dak missed him a couple of times last week where he could have had a, a much different day had Dak not missed him. I mean, he had one that, that he, if he would have hit him in stride, would have been a touchdown, a deep touchdown, but Dak missed him on. But Brandon Cooks, $4,900. He's always going to be in play, especially with that, that game. If you're wanting to uh, play that game, I, I think Brandon Cooks is, is one that you look at. Now, one that's really thin is Josh Downs because he's done jack shit, right? He has done nothing really in a while. But the numbers say the way you beat the Falcons is on the inside, right, and through the slot. And they have done a really good job against outside wide receivers. It's been the slot that's really where you want to target them. And obviously, we know that Josh Downs is still playing, you know, about 60-plus percent of the snaps from the slot. He's, but he's $5,500. I'm kind of surprised that he's priced up this high, considering you have to go back to week eight, the last time that he had a double-digit performance. So I'm kind of surprised, especially when he was already down at 4,600 and only scored 4.9 DK points last week. But, they, but you know, uh, DK, I think, got a little smart here and priced him up. Yeah, about time they priced him up. <laughs> well, I mean, but to be honest, like it's 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 to me it's like I don't know because like like I don't know if this was like I, I don't know what what caused the bump because he's done nothing to earn the bump other than matchup. Yeah, I yeah, I mean he's also just good, but I get it. The the I think the punter shanked uh, shanked the punt. I saw saw in the game log. 
game feed that he had an eight-yard punt, and then Derek Carr threw a 35-yard touchdown to A.T. Perry. Hello. Oh, man. Hey, that helped. Hey, I'm breaking even right now. That's good. Cause, uh... Let's go. <laughs> Love that. That's, that's, that's all you can ask for when you don't have no DeMarcus Robinson. Uh, did not play him on showdown, so that's uh... – But, yeah, making a little bit of a game here. 32. So Yeah, one possession. Yeah. Still 353 left. So, anyways, all right. Uh, if there's no other wide receivers, like I don't think there's a whole lot else. Like I said, with this being a, a nine, you know, a nine-game slate, there's not a whole lot else that I that I really all that excited about. Uh, you know, in terms of other than that, like um, if if I'm paying up, like I'm still okay with paying for Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill can still break the slate. They can be plays that he's fine, but you have to really want it to get there. Like he has to break the slate for for him to pay off at ninety six hundred dollars. He has to put up forty plus fantasy uh, DK points in my mind to really be in the optimal, be somebody that you regret not playing for him to really kill you in my mind. Yeah, so, no, yeah. I, I agree. I, I think I'd just rather play Amon Ron Jefferson. And, and the more I think about it, right. If I'm playing one of those, I think I'm just going to click the other one's name as well and play them together. No matter what, if I'm playing one of them, because like if Jefferson and Amon are having monster days, that, that means one of the other one of the guys on the other side is likely also having a monster day. Because we've seen Detroit kind of shit shy away from using Amon Ra a ton when they're up by a lot. And and the same for Minnesota, right? Like if unless they're trailing. I mean, yeah, Justin Jefferson will get his eight to ten targets, but I mean when they're trailing, Jefferson can see like sixteen targets. So if that if that game turn were to turn into a back and forth, I think it would be because of those two guys. Like I said, you know, I'm talking about I love Just Jefferson this week. He's just he's just incredibly too cheap for the ceiling that he provides. Um, maybe like getting Tyreek at uh, eighty one hundred dollars. You know, we'd be going all in on yeah. Tyreek. He was that cheap, so I view Justin Jefferson the same in the same light. I get it that it's Nick Mullins, and you know, maybe you don't love the quarterback, but I mean, Nick Mullins, like I said, three hundred yards passing last week. I'm not. This isn't a matchup that I'm really afraid of either. Uh, like I said, at all. And so it's just it's really hard to get away from eighty one hundred dollars Justin Jefferson. Um, yep. So I'm, other than I'm that, good. let's go. Yeah, let's go ahead and move over to the tight ends. I don't think there's a whole lot left to talk about the wide receivers. You have Sam Laporta at sixty four hundred dollars, and then a little bit of a drop off down to uh, Hawkinson down to fifty eight hundred. Trey McBride at fifty seven hundred. Evan Ingram's fifty four, and Joku's fifty three. And in the four K range, you have Justin Ferguson, or, um, Dalton Schultz, Komet, and Kyle Pitts. And then in the 3K range, I'll have to monitor because uh, Luke Musgrave, actually, they designated him for return. I don't know if he's going to play or not this week. I can't imagine he does. But if, if, he, if he does, he's 39. Kraft is 37. Logan Thomas is 35. Then you have Otten, Conklin, uh, Conquo, and uh, Farrell. That's 3K. Don't know why he's that expensive. Just figure like he should be uh, thirty-five or $2,500. But here we are. Uh, regardless of that, uh, what are you looking to do at tight end? Are you are you just playing Trey McBride and logging out? Yes, yes, I am doing that. Yeah, especially because I like Justin Fields so much. It's such an easy run back. I mean, dude, and, he's he's like Travis Kelsey, like prime Travis Kelsey. He gets double digit targets every single week, and he's actually good. Like he was the best receiving tight end to come out of college in in a while. Like it's not like this is just some fluke. Like he he's like legit, arguably the the best tight end in the NFL right now. And fifty seven hundred against the Bears. <laughs> oh, and, and all the numbers back him up too. This isn't like just like he it's just a volume thing for him. Uh, I mean, the numbers bear out that he is he has been one of the best tight ends in the league. Like I think he's been like 
um, he, he's right there with like the top guys with, with the Florida's yeah. and uh, you know, TJ Hawkinson, like he has been phenomenal uh, so far uh, this year. Once they finally turned to him, which makes you wonder why it took them so long to finally unleash him uh, the way they did, because it, it really shouldn't have taken this long for how well he's played. I get it. They've had some up and down quarterback play and stuff like that, but um, he's just been fantastic this year. And it's not a fluke. Like I said, this was a second round pick last year. Yeah. Uh, so like, this isn't just some guy that's kind of come out of nowhere to, to, to be who he is. I mean, this is a, a pretty athletic tight end, uh, you know, um, as well. So, but as you look at him, I mean, you look at his numbers, I mean, and some of this is skewed because of like, in terms of like his target share and stuff like that is going to be a little bit lower because of routes run and all that stuff because of route participation, because the first part of the year he wasn't being utilized, but Right now, I mean, he is already at 66 catches, 712 yards uh, right now, which is incredible And uh, because, like I said, for the first half of the season, he wasn't even being utilized uh, at all. And so, I mean, from weeks one through seven, he only had one game where he saw over five targets. And then from that point on, it went – once the Zach Ertz stuff happened, from week eight on, 14, 5, 9, 7, 9, 9, and 11 targets – He's also seeing, uh, you know, he's also the preferred target inside the the end zone as well, but he's also second in yards per route run. He is fifth in target separation. He's fifth in yards per team pass attempt, twelfth uh, in red zone targets, ninth in deep targets, and again, he is twenty seventh in route participation. Let's put it that way. Like it's, and that's how far back it's taken him. But he is already just weekly turning into the best tight end, and he's still probably cheaper than what he should be at fifty seven hundred dollars. Yeah, and I will say, I do think this is a week that you can play double tight end due to the lack of receiver value that we have. Um, because Ingram, like we said, is going to – Ingram could very well take over, uh, you know, the, the number two wide receiver role this week um, behind Ridley with, with Zay Jones and Christian Kirk being out. And we've seen Ingram's flash the ceiling. He's flashed 25-point upside both last year and this year. Um, and then also Njoku. Njoku has broken the slate multiple times over the last month. Uh, playing with Joe Flacco. So I think both of those guys are absolutely in play as well uh, for double tight ends this week. I don't think I'm going to mess with the, the cheap guys. I think you just play McBride and Joku and, and Ingram because none of them are over 6K. I, I think you're, I think you're just dumb if you, if you start floating in like the, the 3K range this week. Oh yeah. I mean, McBride has like, you know, he, he can, uh, like I said, he has legitimate 20 point upside, and he's like the wide receiver. I think he's like wide receiver 18 or 19 this week in terms of pricing, you know? Uh, so like, like McBride, I think Hawkinson is also with wealth in that consideration. Cause how many, you know, how involved he is as well. Um, but Hawkinson and then even Laporta, like, you know, has been phenomenal coming off that three touchdown game. So I have no problem with playing double tight end this week. I, I think that is a way you could uh, look to go and get a little bit different with, with these tight ends that you have on the slate. So uh, in terms of, is there any pay down options you have any interest in or no? No, nah, not not this week. I don't. I feel the same way. Like, there's nobody that stands out to me whatsoever. Like, you want to yeah. make an argument for, like, a Tyler Conklin or something or Logan Thomas, fine. But, like, it's not something that stands out to me at all. If Musgrave misses, uh, Tyler Kraft, especially with all their other options they're missing, uh, could end up being at $3,700. That could be another direction you could look at as well. But other than that, like, in terms of the cheapies, like, there's nobody that stands out to me whatsoever. So, uh, let's go ahead and move over to defenses. And uh, what do you what, look at? Who are we paying down for this week? Uh, Minnesota, I like. 
if you're not playing that game. I mean, even if you are, I mean, they've been a good defense all year. Um, they have 41 sacks on the year. They're playing at home, uh, which they obviously tend to play better at home in that, in that insanely loud environment. Um, so I do think the, that the Vikings are interesting. I will also say if Green Bay is going to be without all those pieces, like no Jaden Reed, no Christian Watson, Carolina defense is men price, even though they're, they're pretty bad of a defensive unit. They only have 20 sacks this year, and they haven't scored double-digit points one, one single time. Uh, only one single time they have. Um, if, if now on the same, same, you know, on the same note, if Jacksonville is going to be without Trevor Lawrence, Tampa Bay is the third cheapest defense. They're at home, uh, and, and, you know, they're another defense that has been, yes, ha- they have been bad in terms of scoring point, scoring points allowed, but they have been able to get after the quarterback at least because they have 40 sacks this year. So I think any of those three I'm totally fine with. Yeah, uh, you pretty much took everything I was going to say, so all the guys I would have <laughs> talked about. So uh, that being said, uh, let's just uh... – I don't. There's nothing else I think I really need to bring to the argument other than talking back the same talking points you just said. So let's um, let's go ahead and build a lineup. Let's Where do, do you want to uh, start with? Let's go with Fields. No argument there. All right, I'm going to go with DJ Moore, and I'm going Trey McBride. I'm going to go with Chuba Hubbard at 5700. This is already starting to look like what my what my main team is going to look like this week. Let's go Brees Hall. All right. Lock him in. So we got 46 to 5. Uh, who do you want to play? Uh, what defense do you want to run in? Let's throw one in. Let's plug in. Let's plug in Tampa Bay for now. All right. So that leaves $5,300 remaining. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Justin Jefferson. Oh, man. That makes us a little thin, though. <laughs> yeah. I, I had clicked him and Amon Ra, and it puts us. We don't. We can't do that. What if we do – I was going to say, what, what if we did like Laporta and the flex and run two tight ends and then do Jefferson, but we don't have enough of that either. It would leave 1,400 remaining. I'm fine with playing Jefferson without a run back. Detroit can get their, – their stuff can be pretty – can end up being spread out when it's all said and done. Like all of Gibbs, Monty, Amon-Ra, Reynolds, and – all those guys can can end up scoring once. It's where nobody nobody crushes. Um. Okay. So let's play. Uh. Let's plug. Uh. Let's plug Agnew in. Really that confident in him, huh? They just don't have anybody else. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. It's just I don't know. He worries me. But I. They've done it before. I mean, he's been he's been he's been a guy that they've had no problem targeting six seven times in a game. Yeah. So. Um. I mean, and, if you yeah. want to play, I mean, do you have a? Uh, is there anybody you like that's cheaper than Agnew? Because I mean, we could go Brandon Cooks and then drop down Bucks D and get a three K guy in. But I, I don't know that there is is any three K guys worth playing. No, I was going to say we could probably play Dontavian Wicks would be the guy that I would look to play at forty three hundred dollars if we played Jamal Agnew. Oh, that's perfect. I'm good with that. So okay, so if this team is Justin Fields, Chuba. Brees Hall, DJ Moore, Justin Jefferson, Agnew, McBride, Gatavian Wicks, and Bucks defense with $100 sitting on the table. Looks good to me. Yeah, I'm good with that. So, all right. Well, this this weekend, uh, this slate is going to be, uh, I think it's going to be fun to kind of mess around with um, this weekend. Nine game slate here. Um, 
you know, and I'm also going to spread some stuff out. Like, I'm not excited about the Saturday slate. I'll say that mainly because the Chargers look terrible. Um, and, you know, the Bills, and then you have the, the Bengals and Steelers game with Mason Rudolph. Like, I'm not excited about that, but the Monday slate looks really good. Because on that slate, you're going to have the Chiefs, Raiders, Eagles, Giants, and then we're going to get 49ers, Ravens to close that out. Eagles, so. baby. Come on, Eagles. <laughs> yeah. It's weird a Cowboys fan cheering for the Eagles. It's Hey, if my best ball team advances, dude, I'm going to have Hurts and, and AJ, AJ Brown stack. So, like, nobody's going to have that pairing because nobody has it this week. So, and I already, I've got Puka this week, too, and he just had a monster game. Yeah, no. There's only sure. there's only one guy in my pod that has Puka, so that's a phenomenal start. Then, yeah, we we love to see that. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so that Wednesday it feels like the Thanksgiving slate, but better because like just the yeah, way the games I, I like on. I love the Monday games. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably gonna go light a little bit lighter on the main slate on Sunday. So just so I can just go all in on the on the Wednesday slate. So uh, even the Saturday I, slate, I think, is good. The two gamer, it's, it's it's rough, but I feel like everyone's just gonna everyone's just going to go all in on the Bills. <laughs> yeah, and watch fair. Easton Sticks got to come out and put up <laughs> three hundred yards and two. You know. And just ruin everybody's ideas, or Mason Rudolph's going to have a game, or something stupid's going to happen. But I mean, I'll say it now that I'm not going to play it, and then I, I promise you, I'm going to be putting in lineups on Saturday afternoon before the game starts, just because I'm a degen and I can't just not have action in on a slate. So, yeah. like all week, I was I was like, I don't think I'm going to play this, uh, this this Saints game, mainly because I mean I like the game, but like mainly because everything was so top heavy and it gets frustrating. So I was like, you know what, I'm not going to play. Oh, never mind. I'm gonna play it. That's what I do. With everything. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Like Sunday, like uh, the, the Sunday night game this week is Patriots and Broncos. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually good on that. I'm I not. That I, I say that, but those are the slates that I feel like I do the best at. All right, those are the ones I well, always do really well. Well, you let me know who you're gonna play if you if you have feel confident in that one. Yeah. This. We're just gonna go all in. I'll I'll I'll, uh, I'll peek over at your paper and copy your answers. TN coming in with the big hundred dollar super chat. TN, appreciate you. Holy, always always the goat. TN is the goat for for sure. He is one hundred percent the goat. Always has been. Always will be in my mind. Um, oh, I just saw I just saw Cody's comment too. I was looking at chat now that now that you pulled TN's chat up. He, Cody had asked about and not to cut you off on TN because TN is the goat. But Cody asked about Malik Heath. I think Malik Heath is definitely also in play, too, in the same breath as, as Wicks. Because Heath should play the slot role, I would think, if Reed were to sit. Yeah, I think he's 3K. Yeah, so there, there's your 3K receiver that you could play. Instead of, like, what was it, Wicks and, Wicks and Agnew, you could go Cooks and Cooks and Heath. And it's kind of the same thinking on that team we had. Yeah, I don't, I don't mind that. I don't mind that call at all. Yeah, but, but yeah, sorry. Not to interrupt. I just saw that comment and – Wanted to let thoughts in there before we signed off. No, yeah, for sure. But yeah, TN, he's been around. Like we've always, we always joke around about it, but it's truth. He's been around since like the beginning. So he is 100% the goat. We always, 100%, uh, we always appreciate it having TN around here. Uh, and hope, hope he wins some money this weekend. He got knocked out of the playoffs, I think, last week. So uh, he's switched to DFS. Or maybe he plays DFS all year. But um, but yes, uh, I'm excited. To, I, I'm looking forward 
to the Christmas slates uh, this weekend and all the football that we're going to get this weekend. I also hope everyone just has a good weekend, spending time with family, kids, friends, whatever. Uh, stay safe and enjoy uh, some some Christmas this weekend. Uh, it's gonna be fun, you know, Sunday, Monday, uh, without having to work, hopefully, and just uh, enjoy some time with some family. So that should be fun. Um, other than that, <clears throat> I don't think there's uh Let's see. Tyler, I just asked a question. Jefferson, Pittman, Metcalf, Monty, start two wide receivers at a flex. I also have Ridley. It's it's Jefferson and Pittman. That's who I'm going with there. And a flex. That's all three. Oh, and with Monty included. I would play all three wide receivers, Tyler. I would 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 you play Yeah, I would I would play those three receivers as well with Ridley. I'd sit Monty there. Yeah, I just don't love the spot for uh for Monty. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tough matchup. And then Ridley, I, I would like Ridley a lot more if Trevor Lawrence was playing, but he's not. So, and also if Zay Jones was in, which is weird to say, but it just it's just how the routes work. I don't think they have a choice now. You know, like they don't have anybody else. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Like before, they still had Christian Kirk, so like that was why. Now they don't have any of them. So, and it, it could be you know because Lawrence likes to spread the ball around, but I mean when the guy like Bethard comes in, a backup QB, like a lot of times those guys just like to rely on the the talented receiver that they have regardless of whether he's open or not. Like, they'll throw interceptions targeting that guy because they just they, – they, they don't give a fuck, <laughs> you know? It's like I'm, I'm going I'm – not, I'm not going down targeting Parker Washington and Jamal Agnew. I'm going down targeting Calvin Ridley. At least that's the mentality I would have if I was a backup. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, speaking um, of backups, this is, this is a funny story, kind of. Uh, I'm, I'm, I have to go to uh, South Carolina for a wedding next week, which is why I will not be on the, the show next Thursday. Um, but the, the bride, uh, that's getting married to my buddy, her best friend is the wife of Tom Savage, who was backup, backup, you know, quarterback for, uh, the Texans for a couple of years. So I'll, I'll get to meet him and I think we're playing some golf and stuff. So, so you said backup QB and that made me think of that. Is he even in the league anymore? No, he was only in the league for a couple of years. Yeah, I don't even know what that dude's up to. I mean, he's not – I can't be that old. Yeah, he's drafted 2014. He's 33. No, so, yeah, I mean, he's not I mean, that old. I mean, 33, NFL age. That's the little – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, he did a, he had a few years stint in the NFL, mainly with the Texans. Yeah, so. All right. We're almost to an hour. Uh, again, TN, you're the absolute GOAT. Appreciate the Super Chat once again. Hope everybody listening has a great weekend. Let's win some money. If you haven't already, we are in – uh, you know, we if you haven't already, we have a uh, free Discord that you can join. It has DFS and everything else. Then you can tag us and whatever questions, but it also has Redraft, Dynasty, everything else. You can jump in there, answer any questions, whatever you may have. We talk in football all weekend. It's always popping in the chat. So that being said, be sure to hit the like or be sure to, if you haven't already, subscribe to the channel or subscribe on your podcast listening source for listening to this. But have a good weekend. Have a good Christmas. Hope everybody gets everything they're looking for. Hope everybody gets, whether it's a fantasy championship, taking down a best ball tournament, or, you know, uh, just having a good time with your family. Whatever priority you, you see fit. Hope it all works out for you. So we'll see you very soon. Have a good weekend. You can tell me what to Bye. Do. You know who you're talking to? Well, you better get used to the way the ball bounces. I see what you got. Adventures and ounces, but that's a break, boy. Yeah, that's a break.
This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.